Well, the World Series is over. The season is over. The parade is over. There's nothing left to do for the 2022 season except start handing out awards. Well, we're not handing them out just yet, but we are learning who the nominees are, and this is Locked on MLB. You are Locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to school. This is Locked On MLB, and I'm your teacher for today and your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. You can call me Sully if you're looking at the lower third. That's right. I'm recording this from the luxurious Locked On MLB studios, also known as my classroom, where, and I hate to break the illusion, But I have another job, which is I teach. I am a teacher. I am a figure of authority. And therefore, the young children here look up to me and say, Sully, because they call me Sully, tell us about baseball. And I do. I've also been a baseball podcaster for the last 10 years. Uh, You can follow us at Pods on on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, I'm your pal Sully. Look right down in the lower third. You can follow me uh, at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. It is election day, and I am not going to tell you who to vote for. Do you know why? I have people on both ends of the political spectrum who listen to this show. And while I definitely have my political leanings that occasionally seep in because baseball does not exist in a vacuum, I will say this. I'm going to do what I can to make this a polarizing free zone. I don't always succeed. I don't. But people of all ideologies are welcome here. And I guarantee you, whether you vote Democrat, whether you vote Republican, whether you vote Green Party, whether you're a Tea Partier, whether you're MAGA, whether you're... Uh, love Joe Biden, you love Donald Trump, you love Nancy Pelosi, you love Herschel Walker. Still can't believe Herschel Walker is actually a candidate, but I digress. This should be a respite. I got news for you. The next couple of years politically are going to be rough, as opposed to the previous two years, which were rough. The two years before that, it's like a kennel. Rough, 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 rough. And again, nobody's political beliefs can be permanently divorced from whatever you say. But I'm going to do my best to have this at least be a safe spot. That for the most part, unless there's something that just comes through and it seeps through. And if it does, believe me, I got my listeners who call me out on it. Come here. This is a safe spot for those of you who don't want to listen to any Election news, there'll be no campaign ads. Also, there's some people out there who, you know, who move right on to another sport. They go right on to football, they go around to basketball, hockey, whatever it is. Then there's animals like myself. I don't follow the other sports. I don't. If it's on, I'll watch. You know? I treat it like, you know, the British baking show. 
To me, the NFL is the British baking show. If it's on, I'll watch. I don't really care. I care about baseball. And there are a lot of you out there. So I'm going to be here all winter long. All Thanksgiving break, if you want to, you know, <laughs> there's going to be political conversations over the turkey and stuffing. Put your headphones on. I'm going to have some episodes on. All during the entire week before and after Christmas and after New Year's. There's going to be five episodes a week, brand new. I've already recorded some of them. I've already recorded a few because that are evergreen. So I got you covered. I got you covered. Uh, by the way, um, for those of you who follow both the video and the um, the audio feed, by the way, if you're watching, I'm pantomiming, uh, you'll notice that there was an audio episode featuring our pal Miller Thomas that didn't appear on the video feed. Um, that's because there was a tech problem that we had with the video. The audio turned out great. So I just launched that. I'm trying to fix it. If I can't fix it, then I'm just going to release it with the video problem and put a little disclaimer at the top. It was a really fun episode, and it will be released in one way, shape, or another. Uh, but I am doing this one today because there is some news. A lot of players opted for free agency. I'm going to get into that all the upcoming weeks. Pretty soon, teams can start signing free agents. And there's a couple of big, huge names. You know, Xander Bogarts opted out. I don't know why the Red Sox have not re-signed him. That makes no sense. Uh, looks like Jacob DeGrom has opted to, for free agency. That could have a seismic uh, impact on the National League East race going into 2023. And, of course, the big one, both in terms of size and impact, is Aaron Judge, who is going to hit free agency. So... A lot of stuff to cover. Um, some I think are going to leave. I think you're going to see teams leave, and you know the fact. He skedaddles, you know, if he skedaddles to somewhere else, then maybe I don't know. Just maybe, Xander Bogarts may have a, reun a reunion with Mookie Betts in Los Angeles. I digress. What I'm going to do right now is we're going to talk a little bit today about the award finalists. The award finalists is, it's a relatively new thing that baseball is doing, is they announced the top three of the major awards. Cy Young Award, Most Valuable Player, the um, Manager of the Year, and the Rookie of the Year. Now, before we go on, and go through the nominees, I am going to make a plea for something that I talk about from time to time. And I think it's one of the things that baseball can do to, to I don't know, make things a little more fun. I think two things. I think many things. I think the day after the regular season is over and the day before the wild card series begins, they should announce who the finalists are. We should know who the finalists are all throughout the postseason. That should be something that you hang your hat on and discuss. Can you believe this guy got, an, uh, got nominated? 
I think that should be a point of discussion. I also think the awards should be handed out, all of them handed out, before game one of the World Series. I think that'd be a lot of fun. You have all the the finalists there, and you hand them out. Maybe you maybe you spread it out throughout the uh, throughout the game. Maybe do it as a pregame thing. I don't know, but I think it would be a fun thing to do. Or maybe on one of the travel days. But I think having it where you could have the you know, the crowd cheering and everything like that. Award shows are fun, and they don't always have to have meaning. The ESPYs, the freaking ESPYs get a lot of attention or fun and get have a big uh, televised show. And that was just something that ESPN, at the peak of their powers, just said, hey, why don't we have an award show called the ESPYs? It was almost a parody of award shows that turned into an award show. People like award shows. I'm a huge Oscar addict. I am. Every year I get into the Academy Awards. People like watching the American Music Awards or the Grammys or the Emmys or the Tonys or whatever. And baseball has awards that they can hand out that have weight, that people give a damn about them. The MVP, there's debates about that. The Cy Young, Manager of the Year, Rookie of the Year. People debate about those as if they have some sort of gravitas and meaning. So have an award. Don't have it be by a, a, a tweet. Have a show. Have celebrities show up. Have it be, have a song and dance. Hell, I'll do the, maybe have the emoiment during that. Hire me. I'll do it. I know how to do it. So uh, people enjoy award shows, and you got awards that people actually get into. I don't understand why baseball doesn't take advantage of that and make it something that they, uh, uh, you know, that, 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 that does well. And by the way, I just got to say, I, I love the fact that um, I know fans are going to be following the podcast throughout the offseason. You know I'm going to be here. I'm going to be telling you who I think should win based on these nominees. But, uh, hey, look what we got. G-Man is a fan. And he says, G-Man, I'm on Locked On MLB. Does life get any better? Now, notice he didn't put a question mark on there because I think he I think that's a definitive statement. As a definitive statement. But G-Man, you ask me how I am. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I feel safe. I feel secure. Because I've got my podcast that I could do all off-season. And I get a sense of feeling secure. But I'd like to have that sense of security in my home, too. And if you've thought about securing your home with home security, but you've been putting it off, you may want to listen up. Right now, Locked.MLB listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is the biggest offer of the year, and I don't want you to miss it. Simply Safe works great. I use it in my home. And you know what? They have the proprietary advanced technology that basically creates a 24 7 monitoring agent and gives you Simply Safe 24 7 tech support staff. It was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report for a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence to verify a threat is real. With top-rated Simply Safe app, you can stay in complete control of your system anytime Anywhere, arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or 
adjust system settings. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system. Say that three times fast at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB today. This is the biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. And by the way, thanks so much for making Locked On MLB your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Day podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reaction, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, by the way, um, thank you for Stacey Gotsoulias, the host of Locked On Yankees, who gave me a little bit of help on uh, setting up today's show. Uh, by the way, G-Man has been peppering me with a bunch of questions. I'm going to answer this one here. Uh, as your as Locked On be your non your non bias, I don't know about that. But who's your team growing up? Uh, I'm a, I grew up in New England. I'm a Boston Red Sox fan. Um, I've appeared on HBO documentaries about the Red Sox, including Curse of the Bambino and Reverse of the Curse of Bambino. Also a great documentary called Spaceman, a baseball's odyssey about former Red Sox pitcher Bill Lee. Um, I, I don't think I'm, I don't think I have, uh, I'm non-biased. I've openly rooted for teams and against teams on this podcast. I just, uh, I'm objective. I'll praise the Yankees when they're doing well. You know, I will praise teams that I'm not a fan of, and I will criticize teams that I'm a fan of. I'm just, I'm based in reality. Uh, as a, I have not lived in New England for decades. So I have been somewhat divorced from what the New England sports fan has evolved into in my absence, which is a championship or bust mentality, which I, I have a hard time embracing that. I think sometimes it's important to root for a team that falls short. I think it's important to to live and die with a team. The dying part is as important as the living. If you win every year, then the winning no longer is fun. You know, you need to weed out the, the Fairweather fans, and sometimes you need to find out who the fans are who are there for the long haul. You know, you saw Philadelphia fans had gone through a tremendous amount of, you know, difficulty and 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 basically a drought of of forget you know world championship teams, you know playoff teams, teams with winning records, and to then turn around and see them go to the World Series, it makes it sweeter. I don't think only one fan base should be happy or satisfied at the end of any year, but. Uh, G-Man, that's best I can answer. But let's go over who some of the nominees are. Uh, the nominees. Uh, let's go over uh, the American League Cy Young. Uh, in alphabetical order, Dylan Cease, Alec Manoa, and Justin Verlander. When I did Who Owns Baseball during the regular season, Alec Manoa had the highest wob of any American League pitcher. He had a fantastic year in 2021. And this year, he was great. He had a great – If I don't really pay much attention to the win-loss record. He had the third-best earn-run average in the American League, struck out 180, uh, and had a, and, and pitched really well down the stretch. Uh, Dylan Cease had a terrific year for the Chicago White Sox. Again, very low ERA, struck out 227 batters. Um, and then he had – remember, he had 14 
straight starts where he allowed no more than one earned run. And that was almost the entire summer. And he was, you know, the White Sox had a, diff, had a difficult and disappointing season. But Dylan Cease was one of the, the highlights. And then you had Justin Verlander, who missed pretty much, I think he missed all of last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, a Tommy John surgery. When you're in your late 30s coming off of Tommy John surgery, you basically think, yeah, your career's done. Instead, he had a 1.75 run average. He struck out 185 batters. Uh, he's on the verge of 3,200 career strikeouts. He just needs two more to get that. Uh, he's won the Cy Young Award three times, and he's won an American League MVP. Uh, I have a um, I have what I call the Cohen Brothers rule, and that is if someone has won an award or multiple awards, I can't cry if they don't pad their resume with awards. That being said, uh, I think Verlander is the best of the three nominees. I'm stunned that Framber Valdez wasn't nominated. No offense to Alec Manoa. No offense to Dylan Cease. One of them, I may have had Cease sit out. I don't know, but Valdez was an innings eater. He had so many quality starts in a row. And in some ways, while Verlander had the sexier stats and maybe the sexier wife, fact of the matter is Valdez was the staff leader. He was. And I'm not just saying that based upon he, the fact that I thought he should have won the the World Series MVP, but I, I'm I'm look at I get giving it to Verlander I really do I'm just really amazed that Valdez didn't get a nomination on there. Uh, the funniest nominations go to the National League Cy Young Award. Sandy Alcantara of Miami uh, just was did everything. I mean, he had six complete games had. Uh, pitched the most innings, 228 and two-thirds innings. Uh, Win-loss, a good solid win-loss record for a team that was a losing team. Low ERA, um, so many, uh, you know, seven or more innings of uh, in 13 consecutive starts. I mean, he had an unbelievable season with the Marlins. Now, you also had Max Fried of Atlanta, who had a fine season. Julio Urias. I'm not the biggest fan of him, but he had a fine season with Los Angeles. Talk about picking two other pitchers to fill out the dance card. That was so – this is so clearly Sandy Alcantara's award. He should win it unanimously. So I got Verlander and Alcantara, although you could make an argument for Alec Manoa. That's for the Cy Young Award. Um, the NL MVP is interesting. I do what, I'll do the MVP in the final, the final segment. Because um, I'll go to the other ones right now. Uh, Rookie of the Year is interesting. Uh, Julio Rodriguez should win it, and I think he will. Um, it, the minute he arrived to Seattle, the team just sparked and made it all the way to the postseason. Great stats. You know, 28 homers, 25 stolen bases, a 147 OPS+. Plus. Uh, he, had a, he had a wonderful year. Hey, look at the bell. Uh, Adley Rutschman of the Orioles, former number one pick, had a great year. Orioles contended. Uh, Stephen Kwan burst out of the gate and then kept it going uh, for the uh, for the Guardians and and gave them a spark that they needed. But this has to be Julio Rodriguez's award. I mean, he just was – he's a budding superstar. Uh, in terms of the National League, uh, you know, 
the nominees were Brendan Donovan of St. Louis had a, a fine season, kind of a Tony Phillips type. So he played every infield position, played the outfield. Uh, he got a gold glove, had a decent uh, batting average, very good on base percentage, solid all-around player. Spencer Strider is one of the other nominees who pitched well for Atlanta. Didn't pitch great in postseason, but remember, this is a regular season award. And uh, high strikeouts, low ERA, uh, and he moved into the rotation by June and was fantastic. Uh, Michael Harris, the second of the Braves, uh, he was kind of a throwback to the 1980s base-stealing, on-base guys. Uh, I would give it to Michael Harris. I think gave their outfield some much-needed depth and was a, I think was a solid all-around player. It's going to go to a Brave. It may go to Strider. It may go to Harris. I go back and forth. For a while, I was definitely saying Strider. Then for a while, I was definitely saying Harris. I think I would vote Harris, but I could go either way. Brandon Donovan's pretty much there to fill out the card. Uh, the manager of the year in the American League is interesting. No, it's not Dusty Baker. Remember, this is not a regular, this is not a postseason award. The AL manager of the year almost always goes to the team that had low expectations that played above expectations. The Brandon Hyde is the perfect candidate with that. Got the Orioles to have a winning season, 83 wins, and look like they're going to be a contender for years to come. And this comes after years and years of, you know, complete, uh, you know, irrelevance in the American League East. Uh, Scott Service got the Mariners to the postseason for the first time since 2001. Had an identical record from the team in 2021. It's just that they they didn't finish just short. Uh, Terry Francona had the Cleveland Guardians at 92 wins, winning the division easily over the favored White Sox and the team that I thought was going to be a contender, which is Minnesota. Minnesota was in first place for most of the year, and then Cleveland went on. The Guardians had an absolute dominant final month of the season where they just manhandled the Twins and the White Sox. Remember, the Twins tied Cleveland going into uh, 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 Labor Day weekend. Uh, the fact that the Cleveland Guardians were in the bottom five of payroll and got 92 wins and won the division handily, I think makes it clear that Terry Francona should be and would be my pick. Now, it's tough to get mad if Francona doesn't win because he's already won manager of the year twice. Oddly, neither of the times that he's won, he won with the Red Sox. He won both of them as managers of the Cleveland Indians. I think he deserves number three as Francona's building his Hall of Fame candidacy. Uh, I have a feeling they'll give it to Brandon Hyde because they love stories like that. But I, I, to me, it's all about Francona. The NL Manager of the Year is interesting because all three Manager of the Year nominees are previous winners. Dave Roberts, the Dodgers had 111 wins. You forget about that. Franchise record, 111 wins. I know they're supposed to, but a lot of teams are supposed to win and don't. His team did. They didn't win in the postseason because the Goose arrived. This is a regular season award. And the Dodgers did have significant injuries to them, not the least of which was Walker Bueller. Brian Snitker of the defending champions 
Again, they got stomped by the Phillies, regular season award. He also is a previous winner. He won it in 2018 when the Braves turned it around. Buck Showalter. Yeah, the Mets fell short. But the Mets fell short with having Scherzer and DeGrom missing gigantic chunks of the season, and they won 101 games. If Buck Showalter wins, this will be his fourth time winning the manager of the year with his fourth different franchise. The Yankees, the Rangers, the Orioles, and if he wins, the Mets. Showalter is now entering into Dusty Baker category of the guy who has the Hall of Fame resume just as a World Series title short of that. Of this group, I would give it to Brian Snicker because of the way that they turned it around getting off to a the, kind of a sluggish start and then basically played 700 to 800 ball down the stretch. So those are those those are my picks so far for the awards. Now I, I may give it some thought. I may change my mind on a few of them as we approach them. But for right now, that's my first impression. Now comes the big ones. And the most interesting ones being the MVPs. Let's go to the National League first. The National League has Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado of St. Louis. Also has Manny Machado of San Diego. Machado had a fantastic season, absolutely fantastic season. He's third place. No shame in that. Great year. You like regular, you like normal traditional stats, 298, uh, you know, batting average, 32 home runs, 102 RBIs. You like sabermetrics, uh, his, he had the highest wins above replacement and then had to do it with them missing Fernando Tatis Jr. Boom. Uh, great candidate. And if he wins, do you know what? Fine. Uh, it's basically between Goldschmidt and Arenado. And Goldschmidt had the offensive stats. Arenado had great offensive stats and is a gold glover. And basically, it's a complete coin toss. You can you can sway me either way. Goldschmidt, Arenado, Goldschmidt, Arenado, Goldschmidt, Arenado. I'm leaning Goldschmidt. But if you want Arenado, take Arenado. You know, I would have I would have no issue. Actually, I would have no issue if they gave it to Manny Machado. If Goldschmidt and Arenado vote split, it goes to Machado. I wouldn't bemoan it. I personally would give it to Goldschmidt based on what he did throughout the entire season. But again, I don't think there's a bad choice in that bunch. And then comes for the big one, the AL MVP award. First of all, let's tip our caps to Jordan Alvarez, who will finish third. Had a great season and obviously has a uh, consolation prize of getting a World Series ring and hitting the World Series winning home run. Okay. Judge Otani. Which one is it? I've said before, either one, if either one wins, I understand. There's no way anyone could go, what? If one or the other wins. The way that Otani who I think may have been a Cy Young you know, uh, finalist, although uh, Valdez, I would put ahead of him, had a solid win-loss record, which I'll bring up solely because the Angels were a losing team. 219 strikeouts, 233 earned run average, along with 34 home runs. Yeah, he's a very good offensive player and a very good pitcher, Voltron into one player. That's a tremendous amount of value right there. 
And I basically have the attitude that if you're going to unseat Shohei Otani as MVP, you have to have an unbelievable season. Aaron Judge had an unbelievable season. You hit 62 home runs, boom. You know, you have your, if you go to baseballreference.com, the single greatest website history of planet Earth, and you look at the offensive stats, it's bold, italicized, almost right down the line. You're hard-pressed to find a category that Aaron Judge didn't lead the league in. And the Yankees don't make the postseason without him having the season he had. Yeah, I know they won 99 games, okay? But you remove Aaron Judge from this team. You take Aaron Judge off of this squad. This team's not going to the playoffs, which is why his free agency is so critical. Me, I'm voting. If I had a vote, uh, uh, if I had a vote, I'm going to vote for Aaron Judge. Uh, simply because I just I can't say no to the season he had. But if you're going to go Otani, I'm not going to I'm not going to begrudge you. He's a remarkable player. And so there you go. I mean, we'll see what happens. It would be nice if this, again, if these awards happened in one big fell swoop, kind of like the Oscars, kind of like all that. I think they should. I think it would be an event that people would watch. You know, people like showcases like that. And I like the bell. So I got to wrap this up. So uh, thanks for making Locked On MLB your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Today Sportscasts. And they have the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts insights that only Lockdown can provide. Lockdown Sports Day is available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Gotta go to class. My free period is over. This has been Lockdown MLB for the 8th day of November 2022. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Here come the kids. And you can call me Sully.